Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Drive Through Sports with Adam and Paul. Adam Freeman coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. And I have with me tonight the head women's basketball coach, the assistant men's wrestling coach, the uh, head men's golf coach, father of six, and president of the Jared Garantano fan club with us, Paul <laughs> Reese. <laughs> Thank you. <Steady. laughs> Man, I tell you what. Tell Every you. one of them is true except the last one. Oh, truth hurts, big boy. Uh, we'll get we'll maybe get into that a little bit later, but man, we gotta we gotta talk about just what transpired the last three weeks culminating last night in the Dodgers first world championship since 1988, since I was a senior in high school, Paul, since I was 16 years old, man. I mean, I can remember exactly where I was. I was, um, uh, I was at a, uh, at a friend's house with a bunch of people and, uh, we were watching it. And, uh, I think of course, as always, I was the only, only Dodger fan there. And, uh, uh, once once it went down and once it happened, I was the only one celebrating and um, I was fairly obnoxious about it and I was asked to leave. So, <laughs> so uh, that's what I remember. And contrasting to last night, um, and we'll get into that later on, but uh, last night I was sitting alone in my man cave watching it and we got that last strike. And it's so great to do it on a strikeout. I think that's the ultimate exclamation point, uh, you know, to win a World Series is to get that last out on a strikeout and to get it on on a strikeout looking. That's just that was just awesome. So I was silently fist pumping and doing my best Julio Arias impersonation um, right here in my own home here in Ackworth, Georgia. But it was great, man. Um, Immediately, first thing I did this morning, uh, once I got out of all my a million meetings that I had on Zoom, because um, we're asynchronous Wednesday, um, got right on MLBshop.com and got my World Championship World Series 2020 Dodgers t-shirt. She'll be arriving shortly. So, uh, yeah, party like it's 1988. Um, one thing that's interesting, though, Paul, is, and, and I don't, and you'll have to correct me on this because you're the big NBA guru. When the Lakers won, because uh, California is pretty much kind of still in a lockdown situation. When the Lakers won, was there craziness that happened, like rioting and stuff like that? Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't. <clears throat> I don't. Excuse me. I don't know about rioting, but uh, I did see a funny video, and I don't know if you're going that direction or not. I'm going. Of, no direction. Uh, I have no direction. That's part of my charm. Uh, so so. I guess they had a big, they obviously had some big crowds gathering in certain spots and um, somebody had set off some fireworks as a big, in the middle of this big group. And it just so happened that a car um, 
a souped up car was doing donuts <clears throat> around the fireworks as Street they were going race. off. Street racing and <clears throat> banned in the ATL. ATL. So yeah, it was uh, when you say it was partying like 1988. So that as this car was doing uh, some donuts around the fireworks, it actually got out and actually ran over the fireworks as it was going off and set the car ablaze. And <laughs> what would be typical L.A. California fashion, as uh, it it got out of control. Oh, uh, quickly, huh? So no, 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 uh, no burning of couches, turning over of. Uh, uh, I did see a lot of people running out of a Walmart with a lot of TVs, but I'm not sure if that <laughs> coincides with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers uh, victory or not. That may have just been a Tuesday night in L.A. I, who knows? Uh, it could have been. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah the reason the reason i ask is because it just seemed like you know everything was kind of confined to the field and you didn't really hear anything on you know all the talk shows about anything like that going on and i was going to kind of contrast like you know nba championships typically it, it's a different crowd you know what i mean it's a different fan base uh with between baseball and basketball it's i mean i mean it's, I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, it's just, it's a totally different um, mindset and just kind of reaction. <laughs> um, and I don't know why. That, what? Oh, I was going to say, are you, are, are you saying they're more, uh, there's more uh, etiquette people, right? Because there, um, <clears throat> there's so many, you know, baseball has these so many unwritten rules, right? And so you have to be, well-knowledged, well-versed in baseball as the uh, NBA fan, you know, is a, a different type of fan like you're talking about. I, I, I don't know how that uh, plays out, but yeah. yeah sorry, I got to get rid of this video filters. It's killing me. <laughs> well, congratulations. It's, well, let's see. And that, and that goes to your part. Like, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm not a flashy guy. Okay, I'm not a, I'm not a blingy guy. I'm not a I'm not a walk around sunglasses guy. You know, um, I'm I'm a simple guy. I don't need uh, so the, the the sunglasses weren't working for me. I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think that it's um, the the in speaking to the to the etiquette of the fan. Um, you know, you're not going to see like you're going to see. Um, it's more of the celebration. And the like a, a parade type deal. You now that's kind of more your baseball traditionalists, which I don't know that they're going to get a parade. I mean, I'm sure the Lakers didn't get one, so I'm sure they won't get one either. No. Um, which is, well, like, you know, it, it, it's a thinking man's game, right? And as we will probably eventually get to the Kevin <laughs> Cash situation, sometimes okay. you overthink things and it can stab you in the back. Yeah. And we are going to get to that uh, later tonight on, uh, on a drive through sports with Adam and Paul and encourage everybody to check us out on our Twitter at D through sports. Um, and to also listen to us. So we have a YouTube channel drive through sports with Adam and Paul and all of our episodes are on there as well, as well as Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, iHeart and Spotify and Paul, um, you know, the whole theme party, like it's 1988. Um, you know, I mean, I've been a Dodger fan since 1977 when I met Steve Garvey in St. Louis, so that's been well chronicled um in our shows um and I, you know i've i have sat through some hundred loss seasons i have 
along with all of Dodger Nation, dealt with, you know, us trading away players like Adrian Beltre, who's a Hall of Famer because they didn't want to pay him and all this sort of stuff and, and unrealized potential of the last couple of years, the cheating scandal, all that stuff. This is just such vindication for everybody. And, you know, you want to put an asterisk on this year? That's fine. Here's your asterisk. We won 13 games instead of the traditional 11. Okay, that's all you need to know right there. Okay, so all the all these people that want to put asterisks on it, there's there's your asterisk right there. 13 is greater than 11. It was the most difficult path that any team in the history of baseball has had to go through. So they they won games, you know, hitting home runs. They won games with pitching. They won games with defense. They won games playing small ball. They won they won games every way you could win a baseball game. Um, and, and lose games. And they lost games every way you could lose one as well. <laughs> Which, again, I, I remember, you know, just a couple of days ago, you know, of course, you know, my phone, you know, my, my phone only blows up when my teams are, are, are doing poorly. Right. So all my buddies, they love to give me a hard time about this. So game four, it's blowing up. Right. And it's really blowing up after that debacle at the end. And after that, I thought, okay, we were like right there, ready to go up three, one. And now it's two, two and looking at the pitching and all this sort of stuff, how this is going to match up. I, and, and emotionally coming off of something like that, I honestly told one of my friends, I said, I do not know how we come back from this. I do not know how we come back from this and win. And I give credit to Dave Roberts as much as people rag on him and gave him a hard time for the last three, you know, last two world series, 17, 18, and then last year's playoffs that they got eliminated in the um, division series, you know, he made the right moves last night. And he obviously said something to that group after that game four loss and uh, they got focused and they were ready to play. And I think it helped them with this new format. And that's another thing about your asterisks. There were no days off. So this was totally, totally different in terms of how you had to manage the situation uh, with your pitching and, and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, getting back to getting back to that, you know, being able to play the very next day, which normally that would have been a day off where you'd had time to kind of like percolate on what you lost and how you lost, they were able to get right back out on the field and redeem themselves. And I think that was huge uh, for them and pitching. Of course, Kershaw was great. Uh, he didn't have his best stuff, but he pitched out of jams uh, and he was able to get the win. And uh, he was four and one in the postseason, which should put to bed all the rumors of him uh, underperforming uh, in the postseason. I mean, he's a, first ballot hall of famer in my book so that leads us to i talked about the on-field celebration and it did include everybody including justin turner who was removed from the game for jose uh, edwin rios in the seventh inning and nobody seemed to know why until after the game and it was on uh, it was on Twitter, like in the ninth inning, that hey, this guy just tested positive, and I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean he just tested positive? Okay, so and and Brees, we talked about this today. Like, if you have a high school kid or middle school kid that wants to do conditioning or participate or play or try out, 
they have to have a physical and it has to be cleared. Okay. Shouldn't, should Major League Baseball have had, hey, everybody on both rosters, they all had negative tests, including all their coaches. Now let's play ball. Do you see what I'm saying? Like if he, if he had an inconclusive test, I mean, obviously he's a huge cog in what the Dodgers do and is, and they wouldn't have won it without him. Uh, They wouldn't even be in the world series probably without him. But if you're going to have a protocol, then if it's inconclusive, so you're telling me that an inconclusive test is like a negative test is basically what you're saying. Well, you know, and here's the funny thing is that I don't know if you know this or not, but actually Justin Turner tested tested positive in the second inning. Um, or the test came back that he tested positive in the second inning, and they apparently did a quick test, like rapid test, and so it was actually two positives from what I heard. I don't know if you heard this as well. No, I, I was unaware of that. What I heard was that he had his initial test, and because the tests have to be sent to Utah, it was inconclusive. And he, had, I guess, had a second test, and that's when it came up, and it came up positive during the game, and it came up positive in the seventh inning. That's when they pulled him out. I did not know about this second inning test. According to Dodgers knew from the source that I heard, said the Dodgers knew about the positive in the second inning. They made him take a rapid test again, and then it was verified, I guess, in the sixth inning that, yes, it was positive. They they were hoping that it was a false, uh, uh, you know, test. False positive, yeah. False positive, yeah. So, obviously, and then the post-game celebration ensued, and there you go. And, and, I, and I, love, I love Justin Turner. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he, he's been one of my favorites. He's, he's the all-time leader in hits. He's the all-time leader uh, in RBIs and Dodger postseason history. Granted, there's been a lot more games. He passed um, back to, um, He passed uh, my idol, Steve Garvey, for most postseason home runs in a Dodger uniform. Um, and I, lo- I love the guy, but – and I understand you want to be out there. But you got all your teammates – and their wives, and their kids, and I mean, let's not forget Dave Roberts, who's a cancer survivor, and he's sitting right next to him, and Roberts doesn't have his mask on, and neither does Turner, so I don't, I mean, you know, I I just, I, I, I know he wants to celebrate, and he deserves to be out there, but I think you've got to maybe use some common sense, and there's a protocol in place for a reason, uh, so, that's a bad look, man. I think he's going to start 2021 uh, with some sort of suspension. Um, and I don't, and I don't know how long it's going to be because nothing like this has ever happened. So what are your thoughts in terms of how long should the suspension be? Well, obviously it's probably going to, um, you're right. There'll probably be something, but I think it will be, uh, based on a determining factor of maybe h- how many people were in fact do come up positive. I, you know, um, it, it's like robbing a bank or, or taking $200 versus taking $2 million. <laughs> Is Justin Turner gonna, gonna uh, affect one person or does he, does he uh, affect 
the whole team. Uh, and he's very lucky that there was not a game seven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, exactly. Because here's the thing. What if he gets Walker Bueller tested positive? We're, we're not celebrating. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, seriously. I think he's he in... Find... Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he would find the first one-way ticket, unfortunately, probably to the uh, Cleveland Indians. Uh, listen, he'd have to do more than that. He'd have to get. He'd have to. He'd have to go into Whitsec if he did. If he had done that, I mean, because Dodger Nation would go crazy, go crazy uh, if he did that. But you know, anyway. the only thing that will uh, save him is if uh, the commissioner he gave it to the commissioner, and then he's a fan favorite. Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, speaking oh, on that, speaking on that, and I can't believe I didn't get any movement on that tweet um, that I put out there. And I can't believe you didn't at you, Donald Trump or at Joe Biden. Yeah, I know I didn't. <laughs> and and it was one of those things where he honestly, Rob Ranford, when he when he presented the MVP trophy to Corey Seager, I honestly thought this guy, this guy's intoxicated. Either that, or he has like some sort of like speech impediment that I didn't never I never knew about because he could he couldn't get his words out. He he he, he sounded like. He sounded like Joe Biden at a debate. I mean, it was it was it was it was bad. It was almost like I felt sorry for the guy, and I I don't like the dude, you know, uh, basically because how he handled the whole Astros uh, fiasco. But anyway, that's probably uh, for another time. But uh, let's get to kind of some of the game itself, and we get to our next topic. It's Kevin Cash, young manager, um, the only guy, and I don't know if you because if, I know you didn't watch the game. He's the only guy to play in a Little League World Series, a College World Series, and manage in a World Series, which means he's a baseball guy his whole life, right? So the situation, Blake Snell, who was a a, uh, subject of one of our earlier episodes, who had concerns about playing during COVID, correct? Do you remember that episode that we had earlier in the summer? Um, he's absolutely dealing. I mean, absolutely dealing. Dodgers are completely off balance. Um, they can't get any good swings, can't make any contact. Through five innings, he'd struck out nine guys. One out in the bottom of the sixth, the number nine hitter, Austin Barnes, singles to center. Immediately, he had, th- he had thrown 73 or 74 pitches at the time. Immediately, Kevin Cash comes out of the, out of the dugout and pulls him and brings in this Anderson guy who had been great in the regular season, but not great in the postseason. I think he has ERA was like over five brings him in to face Mookie Betts. So Snell gets pulled Snell against the top three Dodger hitters, Betts, Seager, Turner up to that point, they were O of six with six strikeouts and you pull him. You bring in Anderson, Mookie Betts, doubles. Now you got second and third, one out. Seeger comes up. Wild pitch. Now the game's tied. Betts to third. Next, now they bring the infield in to gun down the run at the plate. Betts, such a great uh, athlete, such a great, has great instincts, great reaction time. Like a two-hopper to first base who's playing inside the bag and they can't throw him out at home. They go ahead, and then Mookie puts the puts the cherry on top in the bottom of the eighth with a solo shot. 
Um, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, and and Kevin Cash is looking at Snell's ERA, which in the first four innings, which is basically two times through the lineup, his ERA is under one, and after that, it's like seven something. So I get that he's looking at that, but listen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're, you've been a baseball guy your whole life. You've got to know that your guy is in the zone. Okay, and, and he what I'm not saying, you know, he's got a one run lead. So all he really had to do was focus on the hitters, the hitters coming up that he had dominated up to that point. They were completely off balance. I, if I'm Blake Snell, I was, you know, and he you could tell and he voiced it and they had to sort of shadow it out on all the highlights. But you saw it live. If you watch the game, you can see what he says. And it's not pretty. Uh, when he gets pulled and I would have been upset too, because I don't think that's the right move. I think, I think cash needs some criticism for that because you've got to have some faith in your guy and realize, Hey, it's a single up the middle by, by number nine hitter. His bat ran into the ball. Basically <sighs> that's, uh, I, I just feel like that opened the door. And when you pull a guy, when a guy's dominant like that and you pull him, Every hitter on the Dodgers was like, wow, we got him out of the game. Not how we wanted, but he's out. I mean, you know, so it gave him life. Yeah. All right. Here are my two cents. One, you talked about it. Kevin Cash, he he feels like Snell, third time around, he was going to struggle, right? Here's the kicker, right? Mookie Betts, the guy had been horrendous versus lefties. Yeah. Horrendous versus lefties all season. What does he uh, excel at? Right-handers, fastball. I mean, the guy was batting like – I saw a stat. He was batting like 380 when when the righty fastball guy was coming in. I mean, he was yeah. just uh, ridiculous. So, Kevin Cash, he, you know, he just played right into the best player of the Dodgers, in my opinion. Here, you're going to beat me? Go ahead. I don't know what he's thinking, but I do know this. If you're a Rays player, you, you got to lose a lot of faith. I mean, despite – and, again, you guys in the baseball world, you're all about the numbers, right? And All the analytics and all that stuff. I think it's killing the game. I think it's killing the game. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from it. Uh, do, you know, do free agents want to play with a guy uh, like Kevin Cash who, who – who, you know, goes by the book, who 
Cooper thinks it. Uh, I feel like I was watching um, uh, Moneyball, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, and I get, you know, I get, okay, his numbers are what they are, and you need to make a change. But if you're going to make a change, Anderson's the wrong guy. Yeah. Okay, he's the wrong guy to bring in at that point. Um, and so that that besides the fact that you took Snell out, not only did you take Snell out, that's mistake number one, but you brought the wrong guy in for him, which is mistake number two. So those those are both on him. Now I'm not complaining because as you see above, we're the champions. Okay. And so I mean, that whole Dodger bench was like, oh yeah. I mean, we can hit a fastball. I mean, I mean, when 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 Snell's throwing 97 and then he can locate his curveball and slider, you got no chance. Now you got this guy. Shoot, we, we got we got a chance now. So um yeah, Kevin Cash is gonna he got some splaining to do. Uh a <laughs> lot of splaining to do. All right, so next one. Now this is interesting. Okay. Word out of Clemson, South Carolina is that Trevor Lawrence is contemplating coming back. For his senior year and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that the Jets are 0-7 and I don't think he wants to play for the Jets all right so what do you think about this and is this just is this just gamesmanship by Trevor Lawrence uh I don't think so I mean I I think the dude is serious uh it's another Eli Manning situation right yeah. Um, you know, if Trevor Lawrence does decide he comes out, you know, will the will the Jets be able to use that at stock and and, and trade him, right? And uh it, it it's I mean, listen, Sam Darnold, I don't know if he's your franchise answer, but he's gonna get you by. I don't think he, I don't think Sam Darnold is your problem, is what I'm trying to say, if you're a New York Jets fan. I think yeah, you got yeah. more problems, more fish to, uh, uh, you know, it, it, one, I think it starts with the head coach who nobody likes yeah. and then it can just go from there. Uh, but you know, what the question is, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, and, 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 first of all, franchise quarterbacks are hit or miss, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. So who knows? But I think you could get a lot, you know. I mean, I'm thinking maybe you can get two first round. If there's a team that has two first rounders, drop out of number one. Uh, who knows? If he stays in the draft, right, right, and yeah, trading up to get him, trading up to get that number one. If you're the Jets, because you got Darnold, and in his defense, he's got nobody. They traded away their best receiver, Robbie Anderson. You know. Um, Le'Veon Bell didn't work out, so you got no running game. So, I mean, he's really got – they traded – you know, Jamal Adams was unhappy. He's gone now. He's balling out in Seattle. And, you know, it, it's the coach. I mean, I think the coach goes before Darnold goes. And you gotta you got to have a good coach um, that guys want to play with and want to play for. So, if they, if they end up with the number one pick – yeah, they could deal that pick and get some help on defense or get some offensive weapons for Darnold. Because I don't think Darnold, like you said, I don't think he's the problem. He's had some health issues um, and uh, and things of that nature, which has maybe slowed his development. But, I mean, he's what, in his, like, third year now? Fourth year? 
I mean, he's not a rookie anymore. So that, that there's no excuses there, but um, yeah. And another thing too, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he, I mean, he's the man in, in South Carolina. I mean, he's the man like, so what, you know, that's, that's pretty tempting to just want to come back and be the man for a whole other year. You know, it's waiting for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, um, and they'll be dominant again next year, you know? So uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right. So next one, big 10. Well, you waited, you waited, you waited, and you waited so long that now you got no room for error. You got no margin for error. And guess what? Wisconsin's quarterback test positive. So now you've got a game that's completely canceled and is not going to get rescheduled. And that is throwing the Big Ten. That is messing everything up. What is your take on that? Well, not only is it Wisconsin's quarterback, it's their really their third-string quarterback, right? And their yeah. fourth-string quarterback just got uh, tested positive. It couldn't happen to a nicer group of people, right? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to uh, the Big Ten for just having a tremendous um, wherewithal to just wait and be patient. All of a sudden, everybody wants to jump in. Wait, the Big Ten's left behind. Uh, we're losing lots of money, Big Ten. We better jump on this. Hey, Wisconsin, probably one of the better Big Ten teams. They have no shot of getting into the BCS playoffs if they were even tried. And now you're talking about a one-trick pony, possibly two, but I think Michigan is overrated. Uh, but, again, you know, when when bad things happen to bad people, it just can't happen to a bunch of nicer people. <laughs> and, and the Big Ten at this point is like, please, all our chips in the table. I'm all in. Please, Ohio State, don't lose. Okay? Because that's all they got. I mean, that's all they got. And they looked good, but they looked good against the Nebraska team that was outmanned. Okay? Um, you know, they're still going to have to play, I think, you know, Penn State. Michigan game will be a decent game. Um, but they'll probably go undefeated. Um and you know they'll, they'll you know they'll they'll probably be they'll probably be in the top four, uh, so it's probably will end up happening barring some, you know, a, you know like a collapse against Michigan or Penn State maybe beats them. And that I think that's is that this weekend Ohio State Penn State I think it might be, um, so that'll be an interesting one to see. But like you said, I totally agree. Couldn't happen to a nicer uh, bunch of folks up in the Big Ten because everybody down here in SEC country. Uh, we know they're overrated anyway. Uh, they like to toot their horn a lot. Um, but, you know, how many titles does that conference have in the last decade? One? Okay. Um, so there, there you have it. All right. Enough said. All right. Moving on. Um, sports superstitions here, Paul. And I don't know if you have any or had any uh, growing up. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot's been documented. I know, you know, you got guys, I know Wade Boggs was, was one baseball superstition. Baseball guys are really superstitious. Uh, Wade Boggs would eat uh, chicken before every game that he played. Okay. Um, now I, I never did anything that, that, that I was that locked in, uh, you know, to, to doing that sort of thing. 
but for me, it was like when I when I played baseball, it was like my socks. My socks had to be a certain way uh, when I was playing, um, and uh, maybe that was just that was just my that was just my thing. Um, I know kids that have not washed their socks when they get on a winning streak. Okay. And they wear the same dirty socks for six games in a row or however long uh, the streak lasts. Um, so my question to you is what are your sports superstitions or maybe the strangest ones you've come across? Well, <clears throat> I don't know if I had any uh, superstitions per se. Um I do remember when in little league, I always ate a, uh, like a mini Nestle crunch bar before every game. <laughs> it just seemed to, uh, you know, it was one of those things that I had to have. Right. Yeah. Um, but I guess the guy that, that I, not, I looked up to as far as the quirkiest person in the sports superstitions realm was, uh, Turk Wendell right? Baseball reliever for the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy jumped over the, the, the chalk as he <laughs> yeah. went into the field, left the field. He would uh, eat licorice uh, as he was pitching. And then the crazy thing would, he would brush his teeth, uh, you know, in between innings. So if you ever caught him, you would see him, uh, you know, with a toothbrush, just either in his mouth or I, I don't know, but that guy was an odd uh, person. And, you know, that's always something that just, I, I could remember just being like, what in the world is he doing? But I definitely understand why he did it. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's part of his, it's his, it's his Nestle crunch bar, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I guess, and, and sometimes like for me, like this, this postseason, okay. I guess my superstition was this. Um, I, I I did not watch even last night. I did not watch any of the games in real time. I did not watch any of the games in real time. And thank right. you, thank you, YouTube TV. I did not watch them at all in real time. I used my ESPN app, and I would look to see what the score was. And if it was like last night, it was one nothing Tampa Bay through the middle of the fifth. Well, I knew it was okay, safe for me to watch the first five innings. And then when I watched the <laughs> first five innings, then I would take another peek. Oh, it's 2-1 Dodgers. Okay, safe for me to watch until the middle of the eighth. And so I watched up to that point. And while I was watching that segment of the game, the game was ending. And I got the, e I got the text or got the email or whatever, and I looked at it. And it said Dodgers 3-1. And I just, all the weight was lifted. And I was like, I can I can watch this. I can enjoy it. And I do the same thing with Kentucky games. The same exact thing. So that's my superstition. I, I, I'm, I'm always a little behind. Uh, so that's, that's what I do. But anyway, so sports superstitions. Now, I got a topic here that's hidden, Paul. And it's just for you. All right. And it's going to magically appear here on our bar. Boom. Because <laughs> I know you love this stuff, okay? Because we were talking about this the other day. Like, man, we have all these great tweets, you know, some sports tweets. I had a bunch of great ones about the game last night, the ceremony after, and 
Rob Manfred and, and you know, all this stuff. And I guess that was your, your response to the former uh, lead singer of Skid Row, right? Sebastian Bach. That's correct. Yeah. Who had uh, some sort of a tweet about, um, you know, Trump wants to shut everything down and Biden wants to open it up. And, and your, your reply to that, Hey, Hey bud, I think you got it backwards. <laughs> and people, in a nutshell. dude, people love that. So I guess my question is, what is it? I mean, of course, of course you got a major presidential election in five days. So what is it about the political tweets that just seems to get people wound up, man? man big time wound up. Whew. I mean, you talked about it. I think we both have tweeted out stuff that we feel like is pure gold and we can't get any traction no matter who we tag, what we hashtag. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I, I replied to this one thing about, you know, Sebastian Bach, who, you know, some people may or may not know, but just because it was political, all of a sudden people are coming out of the woodwork, throwing their two cents in. And then you say something today in a reply tweet and it gets some crazy traction. I know people are wound up and they cannot, uh, I listen, I can't wait for November 3rd. Well, actually probably more like November 4th. Right. Uh, It it may be, it may be, and it could be longer. Listen, it might be the Monday or Tuesday after. Yeah. I mean, because you're talking about all these mail-in ballots that are out and people talking about, Oh, well, the mail is running slow. Don't expect. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, it's going to be interesting. But like you said, people just get, they get like just totally sideways with this stuff. And what's funny is, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty, I think you can pretty much count if you, if it's somebody <laughs> that that's talking about, opening up the country they're republican if they're talking about being you know closing it down and doing that and and being super conservative then they're about opening then they're democrat i mean that's pretty much the line you know i don't know you know all these other all this other stuff it seems to be um i I don't know how true it is uh you know i don't know know who to believe like what uh the one that the one that i uh mentioned the other day um, the, you know, the one that I replied to, this was a guy that's a, he's like a, he's like a sports guy in, uh, in Atlanta, I think a reporter or whatever. And, um, and I, I basically, uh, was just like, you know, his, his, uh, I guess his, his, his original tweet was basically about, um, said, you know, um, Put aside all your political biases. This is what at Fox News does. Anybody who works in or cares about journalism is disgusted by it. If you're good with that, fine. But don't be deluded by the news part of their name. And it was a post or is a story that Fox News ran. um, And this guy, this guy, Bobby Lewis, tweeted, does Fox News represented this person as just one suburban mom and freelance journalist voting for Trump? The fuller story is that she's a former Senate Republican uh, staffer, a former lobbyist, and has many opinion bylines at the Daily Caller and Fox News. And so my response to that was, thanks. I'm sure Democrats have never done anything like this. 
and it just dude it got everybody fired up and that people were replying and, and ripping me and all this sort of stuff and uh it, <laughs> you know it's like uh, you know, even the guy that wrote it was like, you can certainly try and find examples, but there's no argument of Fox News being the most biased of all news channels. So you're getting both sides. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and people were doing it in both in both sides. And it was just, you know, it's crazy what people, well, you know, the, the, I guess the emotions that it stirs up, it's just really emotional. So for everybody, but uh, anyway, so. That's that's gonna bring bring to an end another great episode of Drive Through Sports with Adam and Paul. Check us out on Twitter at D Through Sports and uh, also on our YouTube channel Drive Through Sports with Adam and Paul. So, for the wrestling coach, basketball coach, golf coach, father of six, and president, and uh, acting president of the Jerry Garantano Fan Club, Paul Brees. I'm Adam Freeman, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. You've been listening to. Drive Through Sports with Adam and Paul.